forward and we are good to go. Sweet. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. And everybody who is listening, welcome to the Rogue Contenders podcast. Uh, we have the original crew here today. Jay Crane was able to make it in, which is all, always awesome. Always awesome to have a full staff member. Is that what we call it? <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? And then, of course, we got Drake the Duelist on here as well. And like I said, again, we are the Rogue Contenders. Uh, we got some fun topics to talk about today, some recaps from last week as well, and some new things that I feel like a lot of people want to, would like to hear hear us talk about. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, I'm just getting hyped, though, with all these spoilers. I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm getting very antsy, and I'm at this point, I'm sick of waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like I, th- I think I've dug into the new set enough, and it's like most of the stuff that's coming out is like the rares and the epics that we're seeing. But it's like it's gonna be the commons that shape the set. Oh yeah, for the sure. commons, the uncommons. Sure. That's what's gonna dictate a lot. And like I was saying, the other uh, podcast about Plasmax uh, and what that meant to the meta versus what some uh, uh, legendary rare is gonna do. Oh, right. like some people are going to get the legendary rare. Everybody's going to get the plasmax, and everybody's going to be playing around it. it, it, it exactly, exactly. And like I said I, I'm I'm waiting because I know they've they've announced a lot of stuff, but I still haven't really seen any of the new stuff that really works well with the old stuff. Maybe like one two cards here, but you know they said like oh you know set one will be very still prevalent in set two. I personally haven't seen that yet. Have, have you guys seen anything that like? That was the point I was gonna make. I feel like, especially me, like I've been concentrating on trying to see what's coming in the next set that supports Moxie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm not seeing it yet. And I hope that the reason why is because with the spoilers, they kind of wanted to showcase the Harbingers. Yeah. Um, because I feel like most of the stuff we've seen has been Harbingers or Haven uh oriented. So I'm hoping that's what it is. I'm hoping kinda like Drake is saying that more of the common cards are gonna be the cards that give support to the old cards and we'll see some some of that stuff there. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm really hoping for. Cause again, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that counters set stuff from set one. I'm not yep. seeing anything that's yeah. like, okay, hey, I need to go and pick up some set more set one cards because this looks really good. And I, I, like, like Drake said, like they they haven't even really shown the commons, uncommons, and a lot of the rares, a lot of epics, legendaries, um, alt arts, which I think is really cool um, to kind of showcase the art style. But now, now let's let's see. Okay, cool. What what am I building my deck? What what am I upgrading my existing decks with? I don't want not saying I don't, because I'm going to, but I don't want it, like, cool. Set two, I got to build all new decks, and nothing really works with the stuff I already have, because I, like right. that, I feel like that's the worst thing to do. Right, right, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. That is definitely not something that I want. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we'll see it when the set comes out, uh, because, you know, spoilers at the end of the day. You know, everybody always thinks they're getting a lot of spoilers, and then when the set actually comes out, they're like, "Well, there's so many cards that I didn't see." Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, I think they they're doing it right. I like how they did the spoilers. Um, you know, 
pretty much putting out a list at the beginning. It made it real easy as a content creator to kind of find everything I needed and when I needed it. Although it felt like sometimes some of the people missed their mark. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was good. And, you know, I think we have a little bit less than a week left of spoilers. Yeah, because I think it's, it's yeah. October 3rd. Yeah, October 3rd. Okay. Yeah. It might be a semantic thing because it's like, do you really want to see something that's stupidly overpowered or not? I think uh, uh, that Rising Empire is better off. It's like sort of. Uh, hampering things in a bit and not making this stupid everybody's got to get four of this card. Right. Right. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some of those <laughs> and bringer. <laughs> but uh, you, you uh, don't it's want definitely it to be a lot tamer. Uh, if you're looking for a Kagan, well, there's literally a Kagan, but if you're looking for something on the level of Kagan the Dragon, you're probably not going to find it in this set. I think the game is healthier for it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and yeah. you know, now having cards that, uh, that are triggered when an ability goes off and you're able to stop that ability, I think that's awesome because that's going to be a huge defense against Kagan. Uh, so it's nice to also see that kind of finding ways to lower the uh, the the abilities of stuff that did come out in set one that obviously you could tell are shaping the meta. Yeah, it's true, hundred percent true. Yeah, and uh, maybe this is just something I'm feeling, but based on like the stuff that I've seen, are you feeling that uh, this set two is really fleshing out the mid range a bit more? Because uh, a lot of the stuff set ones landed really heavy on the fives, the sixes, and the sevens. All your big flares, all your machinas, all your kagans, kind of boom on the low end, but still lots of heavy stuff. Versus here, we're starting to see lots of stuff in that three four range. Like we're seeing that four kagan, we're seeing that four apex. Yep, I understand. They want to extend the mid game. Like I, I've seen a lot yeah, more a lot three the, cost, uh, four cost cards, so you know that are actually good to play in this upcoming set. Yeah, like a lot of the uh, harbingers are having their big rares in that three to four slot because, like, uh, there were a lot of five sixes before, and there was that one really anomalous, uncontrollable torque. But other than that. Everything was like really high level. Now everything's started being at more moderate cost ranges, more moderate power levels, or seeming to be moderate power levels. Because that's the thing. Uh, when Kagan first came out, uh, did who really thought that Kagan was going to be what it became? Because Kagan's I, I ability is really humble, but it's very potent. I, I'm be honest. I'm be honest. When I first saw it, I was not impressed. Because of the six costs and needing four green, and to you know pop one thing, I I kind of threw it to the side like okay this is good. And I start seeing the prices of it. I'm like why is this card you know thirty bucks thirty bucks? And then I play with it and I'm like oh I get it now. <laughs> yeah yeah honestly it was a flare explosive combatant for me because it's like the ability to just like take an entire field and just level out the chaff that seems really powerful for someone like me uh, for me it was the machina 
the the sixth uh, one. Another, that's very fair. Yeah, that, that card is you know someone puts that card on field and you know that's a big slap in the face. He's big uh, Russian. Yeah, it's it's tough, and from what I'm seeing, he's getting tons of support. Yeah, he gets so tons of support. We're we're gonna see more of that. I think it's, it'll probably become a bigger issue. And, and speaking of that, do you guys feel? Because I feel like in set one, there's not a lot of um multi obstruct to do it do you think in set two you can start seeing a lot more cards a lot more class cards that will obstruct a single attacker do you think that's we're finally getting to that level or we're still going to be one obstruct let it go and call it a day uh there's kind of multi obstruct in set two in the form of you obstruct one thing and then stand back up and then obstruct another that's how last stand works there's also the uh a conquest gimmick where he basically attacks and then restands. At least one of his cards does that, if not more. So it's like being able to sort of double duty. It's kind of like uh it's kind of like a rawer version of vigilance, if you can think of it that way. Okay, yeah, I oh, can I can see that. Oh, I know which one you're talking about now. Now I know which one you're talking about once you said that. Yeah, I think that I think that is gonna be Actually, that'll probably be the card that makes it so that more people uh, obstruct multiple times. Yeah, I think that's going to be some serious tech later on. Maybe not a full play style to do it, but just having it around to be able to pull that stunt. And, and also, I'm liking, uh, kind of we touched on it a little bit last week, that there's more weapons, but I've also there's a lot more traps now. There is a lot more traps. So it, it makes a lot more weapons. Like a lot more weapons. So it, so for me it makes um whatever the, the wherever the one for why I can't remember the name right now and I'm, it's gonna bother me. And Magnate's uh plan or trap, those cards are more yeah. relevant now because like cool for two, I can get rid of your accessory. It's no longer oh cool, sharpshooter moxie, I'm gonna get rid of it. It's I don't know what you have face down now. Well. And it got and also I feel like gotcha. Is going to become very, very prevalent. Oh, Gotcha was, I swear, Gotcha was a sleeper hit last set. It is going to yeah, become say, so. I use my Moxie deck. I use Gotchas. Like, I have three of them in there. Like, got, like, Gotcha is literally, I feel like it's it's going to be either a staple in your deck or it's 100% going to be a staple in your sideboard because there's so many oh, more accessory and traps. Side. Like, it's, it's, it's so. Again, there's. There is in, I think, blue, there's that new one that they revealed fairly recently, which is kind of a gotcha, but a, it's a little bit more complicated in that it sets it back face down, and if you have a certain condition met, it will actually destroy it or another accessory. Something along those lines. Speaking of that, so there's two cards, there, there's, there's two cards that got revealed that I definitely want to get you guys the insight on. I know it's been a little chatter on it. The one I, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but it's basically when you play this, you can, I'm sorry, you can counterplay a clash ground being played and destroy both of them. And the next one is the one cost that allows you to search out any clash ground and add it to the top of your deck. What it, the black one. First one is Warzone. Warzone, okay. Let's see. I got Warzone right here. I have it up for anyone that's on TikTok. You're able to see it. And then the one drop that... Yeah. Card, yeah. It says, uh, you may only activate this effect when an opponent plays a Clash Ground. Send that Clash Ground to the Oblivion. 
It does not enter play, then send this clash ground to oblivion. At the end of each player's turn, that player may ready up to one Harbinger clash card they control, and Harbingers get plus one, plus zero. Yeah, right. that's mean. Like, I, I feel that card is going to be disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. pretty much, I put this clash ground out, if you try to use a Clash Ground to take mine out, I'm taking us both out. I don't care regardless, so you're not going to get yours. This is going to be mean. This and be and mean. you think about it, and since it's a counterplay, yeah, you keep cards, you know, open. And I feel like that's how we're moving towards, where it's going to be, you're going to leave, you're going to pass your turn a lot more cards open, which I feel, to me, is probably the best part about the game, is that, cool, you left three open. What are you about to do? Yeah. So now I can okay. I can have you waste your resource to play your card. I can get rid of both of it. Comes back to my turn. I reset. Now I can play, or you can. Play. I, I I'm not a huge fan of interrupting plays. That's why I'm not a big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. But I am okay when it's like one or two cards kind of disrupt. Right. You don't like a, you don't like stacks of interaction. Yeah, I, I think I think when you start going into like huge chain mechanics, it, it'll throw off yeah. your average player who's like, okay, cool. So this chain timing came here, then this one came here. Okay, then it resolved backwards. That that that's that's I, I say I love how it's hey, I do this. Can you respond? Cool. Then we kind of go on. Yeah, for sure. And then the one that you were talking about, Drake, was it a sideswipe? Yeah, uh, the one that's basically going to be uh, in contention for replacing, uh, or essentially like being a different kind of gotcha. Maybe not replacing it per se, because it's slightly different. Yep, okay. that one is uh, counter trap. Negate the effects of target trap being activated, then put it face down into its owner's accessory zone. Then, if you control two or more clash cards, you may send target accessory to the oblivion. Ooh. Yeah. A funny yeah. thing is, the art shows uh, Mean Street clowning on Magnate when really Magnate is the one who wants that because he's the swarmy one or potentially yeah. Moxie. Yeah, for sure. Well, Moxie, yeah, I guess that Moxie, if you want to get rid of other people's accessories. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sorry, like, well, with Moxie, I, I need to burn. Every single session, say again, I feel like we are still in a calm of the storm. Because I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't feel like I, I don't want to believe that they're not going to give Moxie some kind of unnecessary weapon. I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I've been waiting for it, man. I've been waiting for it. I'm yeah, waiting for my I weapon. I think that's I'm what A10 Warthog is supposed to be. What was that? Really? I think that's what A10 Warthog is supposed to be. And people are forgetting about A10 Warthog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good relic, but I'm talking about weapons. That's I a relic. I want to see the you may want to wait for uh the Machina starter. Oh yeah, yeah. That one's going to have some weapons and like Siberia, it's like Moxie players are already spinning their gears on that one. Yep. Oh yeah. I've been. Oh, in my head, I'm. I'm figuring out how I'm gonna do this black red deck. For sure, I'm gonna go black red, and people are gonna have to worry about getting pinged while I just set weapons on the field. But 
Uh, my biggest worry right now is just the amount of Clash Ground hate cards that are coming out. Yeah, it is so, um, it's so many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like so every hard. good Clash Ground is by definition Clash Ground hate. Yep. Because it, so. it, it's, it's, it's definitely, oh, you're going to play New York City? Nah, no, no, you're not. You'll play United Nations? No, you're you're not. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you better stick to Rainforest and call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, which one was the one? Okay, yeah, yeah, Siberia. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, Siberia, I, I Siberia is nasty. I need four of those in my deck immediately. Right on top of United Nations. I'll I'll put eight Clash Grounds in my deck. I don't care. See, I... Yeah, it's like uh, Moxie wants four of that, four of Torque Redirecting, because everybody nope. who can run Redirecting wants Redirecting. She wants Boom, and she wants Solar Smash. There's your core. Yep, 100%. 100%. And I'm just going to, I'm oof, I can't wait. I cannot. Yeah. Here's another thing that I wonder if people picked up on it. Siberia is only one red cost. Yes. Yep. Just one red. Yeah. Yep. See, and that's, that, that's another thing. Cause like typically, like for example, right now with my Moxie deck, I don't run a ton of white cards. I think in total, there's only 12 of them. But all of them only need one white. So I typically only put one or two white cards as resources uh, because they don't really need them. So, uh, and then I'll, ju I'll just play off of that. So I think that catches a lot of people by surprise that I play like a lot of low levels. But it's kind of like what Drake was saying. There were so many high resource cost creatures in this first set that people couldn't handle the amount of stuff that I was putting out. You know, very, very fast. Every single Clash card I cost it between one and three, and I'm putting them out every single turn. Uh, so now, unfortunately, I feel like that strategy is going to have to change completely because of the fact that, like Drake said, we're getting a ton of mid-game stuff. Uh, it's If the game gets extended longer than nine turns, Moxie, I feel like right now, without the any support that's being revealed... Is is missing out because at the end of the day, like her her eight cost one, yeah, it's good and stuff like that. But compared to other colors, eight cost one, I don't think so. Yeah, I I, I can speak to that firsthand because again, when you dropped that, I was I was not prepared. I didn't know what to do. I was not drawing Kagan, and I'm like, well, yeah, this it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. So. Moving on I was, to... I was going to throw this out, though, before yeah. we change subject. Drake, what do you play? I don't think I've heard you once say who is your main right now. Oh, Torque, definitely. Okay. If, I, if, I'm, play, if I'm paying to win, Torque. I like, in a tournament setting, like... Torque. But I've got something for, like, all the contenders. Just Torque is my main, definitely. I get it. I get it. I have a, a Tork Red Green that is the deck that I play if I'm trying to win, like, let's say, a tournament or something like that. But mostly I play boxing. See, I keep I keep it, um, for, for tournament's sake, I, I'm, I keep it very, very generic. I play Torque Red White. Like, that, that is a deck that um, I harped on and worked on the most. And I, I just like, I like the white being in there, and basically just the Havens. To go cool, let me go ahead and ping myself, draw some cards, heal myself back up, and just slow roll. 
Well, I'll say this. The the number one player, Marcus, that we talked about last time, he also runs red-white. So it is, I will say, a great deck that he has not lost one match. Which is which is so insane to me. Yeah. And that... I've seen it. I've seen it week after week after week. And I've played against him and I've tried and I've gotten close. But his deck is disgusting. I, I will not say how bad that kid just hands out whippings. Now, the one that keeps... What uh... Clash Grounds does do you run in red-white? Because that was always the thing that tripped me up about that particular combination. I don't so run any. I don't run any. He doesn't give you enough time. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because uh, one of the main things stopping me from going red-white was the whole... Not even I want Kagan, but... Just the whole uh, anti-synergy of here comes the boom and Grant Park Chicago. If you run both of those in the same deck, you are going to hit a situation where Grant Park Chicago stops you from booming somebody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, and that's that's what I said when I tweeted. I ended up taking it out because it was first I was playing it for just to be able to search out a card. But I said, no, I have enough draw in here where I can just draw the cards I need. And yeah, for me, it's. It, it it just it didn't give me the results that I wanted, and that's because I ran into a white black clarity deck, and it literally gave it the ammunition needed to literally wipe might the floor of me. And I'm like, yeah, this will never happen again. I, I think I actually have a video. I think you actually commented on the video where I did that, and that's the first time I know. And I, first time I know, I'm like, oh shit, this is not working the way I wanted to. I'm about to lose. <laughs> this is Cause nothing's worse than a a one four haven coming at you tomorrow. Some hey, like that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. All right, perfect, perfect. So, moving on, we have a, like then we have a couple of topics to talk about. I want to talk about. I, I feel like we, we can talk about the last one, the toxic fandom last. But I do want to talk about um with the rise of so many companies switching to digital platforms. Do we feel that the digital trading card game is going to eventually take over from the physical cards? No, don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a, that's an immediate no. <laughs> uh, nope. Uh, yeah, maybe it could have before, but then something happened a few years ago called COVID, and that pretty much dashed any hopes of moving over to a pure digital. Uh, uh, battlefield. Uh, I think Magic was one of the first to try that, and in response, Flesh and Blood came out and did the exact opposite. That's literally why it's called Flesh and Blood, because you are intended to play the game in person, in Flesh and Blood. Yeah. I, and you have I, a game I... named after the idea of, we do this in person. I don't think that there's ever going to be a market to move away from cardboard permanent. No way. I personally think digital is a great way to get new players mm -hmm. uh, because it gives them a platform to learn the game where it's them versus a computer. Uh, they can do it whenever they want and they can do it at their own pace. So I think it's good for that. Two, I think it's uh, good to be like a gateway drug to people that maybe already know how to play and then decide, okay, I'm going to buy actual cards now, but I don't think it'll ever replace cards. I think everybody that is into something like this, into a hobby that is like this, 
wants to do it in person. Some may not be able to, you know, you know, me as a father, I can be an example to it. it, it I don't get to do it in person as often as I want to. Uh, with Alpha Clash, I've worked with my wife to make it where I can do it as a weekly thing. Okay. Uh, but besides that, before that with Magic, I was lucky. You know, I have people come over to my house, but me go to an LGS to play in person was maybe once every couple months. But with Alpha Clash, it's pulled me out of my shell and it makes it where, like, I, it's the only way I can play Alpha Clash. So I have to get out there or I don't play. So I made sure to make it out there. And I think that is part of the excellence that is trading card games. Like, it pulls people that maybe on a normal day basis wouldn't socialize, wouldn't come out of their shell, and it helps them get out of that shell. The, and and that, that that's my take on it. Um, I, I like both, but I prefer going to tournaments. I, I prefer going to locals and meeting up with people. Some people I like, some people I don't. Um, I, it, it's something that I do believe is kind of the, besides the collectors, and we'll, like, we'll touch on that part later, that that's what really draws people in, is be able to physically touch something. Um, I always say humans they need physical touch. That's why you know being in isolation is the most. People say that that's worse than death, to be completely isolated. And I feel like if everything switched to full digital, yeah, you can Discord, yeah, you can talk, but you're missing that physical that physicality. You're missing that being in front of someone. You're missing that reaction when someone you know. Play, you know, does a comeback move or play a card that you didn't see, or is a card that's completely foiled out? Like I, I, I truly feel like that's why I don't think digital will ever fully take over, and that that's kind of my point. I feel like we're all in agreement that digital is a nice thing to have, but I don't see it as the future. I know a couple of younger people are saying that digital is the future. I don't, I, I don't see it. I, I really I really just don't ever see a company saying, cool, we're going to destroy our resources to, on doing digital and make one third of the money. Right. Uh, I think people are thinking about it wrong. It's digital is not the enemy of cardboard. Digital is cardboard's friend. It's yep, supplement. It's when nice. you can't make it out, it's going to be there for those people. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be always in tandem with the cardboard, a support of the cardboard, rather than something to try and compete against it or to move people away from cardboard. Don't move people away from the cardboard. They like the cardboard. Yeah, people like it too much. People people like cracking packs. You know, it, it just it is what it is. People enjoy it. And I know that it's kind of like some people say, it's like, well, it's along the same lines as gambling. Like you're putting in five bucks and you're hoping that you get certain things about, but you know what, if, if that's what you want to consider it, then I, there's no changing your mind to that. But at the end of the day, you know, the fact that we get to keep what comes out of it, regardless if it's worth anything and we can play with them, mm -hmm. I don't consider it gambling. See we're paying for a product that we're using to play if we happen to get something that either looks awesome or is worth something, that's a bonus of it. But I don't think, except for like obviously like scalper type people, 
I don't think anybody opens these packs not thinking that they're getting some kind of worth out of it. That's not just money. And I always say like to the gambling people say, oh, it's gambling. I said, but the difference is when you gamble your money in casino, you're never seeing that money again. At least with this, I can take it and get some type of money back. Yeah. Or, sure. or I can play it or right. right. Like, yeah, I said, you'll like, and like, I feel like you'll never be at a loss with it. Uh, and, and that's what I feel like the thing about digital. Um, if you purchase, you know, coins or gems or et cetera to buy cards, you'll never recoup that money back. Yeah. Like, like, like it's gone. And if the, if the company comes out to say, you know, Hey, you no longer have access to these cards anymore. We own it. Oh, well, then you're literally screwed. You don't like it's gone. You can never get it back. You can never get that money back. It's it's completely gone. And that's why I feel like digital in that sense, it's now that's gambling. Because you're gambling every day of well, will they do an update and say that my cards are invalid? I can't use them. I can't access them. Yeah. Now, how do you guys feel about things like tabletop simulator or even like uh the thing for Locrana Pixelborn? How do you feel about those clientels? I don't know anything about Pixelborn. Uh, I think that's like the client that you were showing on some of your other videos where uh, uh, Lorcana yeah, was yeah. happening. Yes. I couldn't entirely follow, but I at least got the gist of it. I have no idea what that meta looks like. I might like to see like their card list if they have anything like Alpha Clash does that shows everything in their catalog, but... Yeah, could it, could it, yeah, they, I don't yeah, feel they, comfortable judging the game and its mechanics until I get a full grasp of how it works. Yeah, like they they put the full card list on there. You can build, you know, decks from all the cards that are available. Um, it, it's it's I'll say it functions similar to TTS, but it's just strictly for that game and it's free. But because it's free, unless you're a Patreon, it's buggy as hell. Like it is so bad. Like the video, the videos I had to put up. I had to speed the video up because it kept stalling out so much that they're like the video, the two videos I did, the one for Levi, shout out to Levi, that original video was 30 minutes long for one, for one game. Wow. It, it, that's how slow the, the clientele is. So I had to literally speed the video up and that's how I got to the eight minutes. And the one I just put up for Josh, that was, um, it was, I think I did two matches. My footage was two hours long. Wow. And I had to speed up to get it down to, to the, I think, 14 minutes. Like it's That's how, I'm not saying it's terrible, but Jesus Christ, if you're a Patreon, put some money into it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but. <laughs> uh, you don't have the indie excuse. You're Disney. Like, you're, you are Disney. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the thing. I personally think when it comes to stuff like uh, Tabletop Simulator and stuff like that, like I definitely think companies should invest in it because of what we've already said. Like, There's people that want to play the game and just can't. Uh, and if they have a digital way to play the game with people, people will spend money on it. So if you started selling packs and you did something where like through Tabletop Simulator where you'd get packs that way, if, if that's what you're looking to do is get money, you can get it. People will do that. Uh, and, and it will be a clientele that maybe you would not have gotten if it wasn't for that. Uh, 
but still, I feel like, like I said before, I don't, I don't think it's going to replace anything. Yeah, I think it's going to be in addition to. Cause I feel, I feel like Pokemon is probably the only company that I see. I mean, I guess Magic does it somewhat with their clientele, but I, I feel like Pokemon edges them out. They do it so well. You buy a pack, you get a code for a pack that you put onto the game. So yeah, now that. Not, yeah, it used to be. Not, now it's changed a little bit um, where I feel like they truly made the Pokemon online 100% free to play since they don't accept money at all. But I feel like, you know, you know, hey, if I buy this pack, this pack has more value outside of cards again because I can take it to the online client and I can either build cards, I mean, build decks to see what plays well. And cool, this is what I'm going to buy. So like, it's like you guys been saying, it can be a good gateway if done correctly. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And that, that's what I want. Um, and speaking on that, do you think Alpha Class should have a digital, an official digital platform? I think it's hmm. something that they should reach for. Uh, I don't think it needs it right now, but I think with what they've done with Tabletop Simulator is good. Uh, but I think obviously in the later plan, I think they should go for a digital format so that they can actually either monetize it in a certain way. Um, because at the end of the day, listen, we, we can pretend, you know, obviously I would love it if it was free and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but this stuff costs money. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, even at minimum, if they just do it to be able to pay the, the level of support that something like that is going to need then they got to charge something. It's not going to be free. It is what it is. Um, obviously, like I said, we would love it if it was, but, you know, it is what it is. I think it would be awesome. I would definitely get into it. I'm not going to say that I'd run away from that. Drake, what's yeah. your thought? Uh, it's like, as someone who is in the software development industry, I can speak to this a little more than most, uh, asterisk and not employed right this second, but the point being, uh, based on what I've seen from Alpha Clash, it is immaculately well-designed to be shifted towards uh, being played digitally, even in some kind of like AI system or like a campaign-based game that you play through, uh, sort of like the really old Yu-Gi-Oh games from way back when. <laughs> I remember those. I remember those. But the mechanics are not so difficult where it would make it very easy to program yeah, it. Yeah, uh, because sure. the chains aren't very deep, because the responses are so strict, it's very easy to code. Relatively speaking, mm -hmm. it's like you don't need to keep it. There is, yeah, I don't think there really is a sort of I have a face down mystical space typhoon, and then the game keeps poking you every time someone sneezes on planet Earth, every time you see ask if you want to activate your mystical space typhoon. Oh, Jesus Christ, I, I, I hate it. I hated that so much because I, I, when you said that, it immediately took me back to the Yu Gi Oh! GS game on GBA. Where whenever yeah. you touch something, you sure you want to activate this? No. Are you sure you want to activate this? No. Are you sure you want to activate this? Jesus Christ, it says and no. Yeah. That's why Magic invented F2. Okay, okay so I'm, I'm a terrible Magic player. What is F2? Uh, it's give priority for rest of 
give priority to uh, a single action. F6 is give priority for the rest of the turn. Huh. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really old magic lore. Uh, kind of funny story behind one of them. Uh, one time uh, in a magic tournament, somebody was really going off, and the other person just got so tired of watching and were pretty sure that they were dead anyway that they just took out a piece of paper, wrote F6 on it, put it on the table, and then just walked off and chatted with people until he like, oh, wow. finally got comboed <laughs> out of the game. And of course he did, but... <laughs> magic history! See, okay, see, now, okay, now that, now that's funny. Now that, that, that's funny. Um, I thought, I literally just lost my train of thought, but it had something to do on lawns with the digital about tournaments. I, I know they keep saying that, hey, tournament stuff is coming. Ah, do, here, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying to think how to say this and not sound like I'm bitching, but kind of want, I'm going to make a point. Do you think getting tournament or organized play should be a priority over everything else? Well, what, what find what everything else. else? Exactly. Exactly. Like I don't like. I'm trying to think how to say this because it's not, I'm not saying it in a negative way. But I love the book campaign. I do love the book. I do. I I I am very very avid for this book. I'm again. If you haven't. If you got it, I can't talk about it yet, but I want to so fucking bad. But shit. <sighs> How do I say this? I'm just like, should that have been a priority over getting organized play together? I know they said it's coming. They've been working on it. But do you think maybe it should have been organized play first, then the novel Kickstarter? Or what they did was was perfectly fine. I I think I think what they did was smarter. I okay, think it was smarter. I think right now, so like let's say let's say if they did prioritize uh, tournament play. Right now, there isn't even that many places that are doing even just weekly tournaments right now. I know players that aren't playing at all, uh, and it's because mostly where the places where weekly tournaments are happening are like in that Midwest area of where like the game is coming out. Uh, I think what they need to do is get people talking about the game. Mm -hmm. They need people to get to understand how serious they are of the product, how serious they are about setting up the lore for a brand new universe that has nothing to do with anything else. You know, it's not like Disney, where Disney could be like, I'm going to prioritize tournament play because everyone knows what Disney is. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Alpha Clash, I feel like, came out in a time that was really, really difficult because of the fact that Lorcana came out, like, right after it. There was people that were already invested in Lorcana that could didn't have money to invest in a new IP. And, you know, with the second set coming out now, I think people are now starting to take it more serious. Um, but before that, I don't I don't think tournament play would really have mattered. They would have set it up and then there would be barely enough players to set up tournaments in different places because there'd be no interest. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I, when it, for that perspective, I, I, I can definitely say I agree with you. 
I, I can I can definitely agree because again, people don't know about it, people are not interested in it, then organized play wouldn't even make. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That that that's that's a good ass point. That yeah, no, I got nothing to say. <laughs> Break, what do you think? Yeah. I I'm on the pro side, but not incredibly uh strong because Either one will work. It just both will do different things. And it seems the bet that Alpha Clash is making, that Rising Empire Studios is making, is they're betting on their lore. And th I think that's a pretty good way to go forward because uh, I don't think the game's really going to be complex enough for uh, lots of really interesting tournament play for another, like, setter Two or three past where we're at. Like mm -hmm. once we're at set four, we're gonna see some interesting stuff. I'm not even I'm not even playtester spoiling cards. anything. It's we're gonna see so many cards out that we're gonna see some interesting combinations that we even haven't thought of yet, or that 100%. they haven't even thought of yet. They could know what the cards are, and they wouldn't have thought of the combinations that we're gonna come up with just uh, brute force testing it. But anyway, uh, the point is they're going for the lore, and that's probably the better play because they are invested in it. And they want to get everybody else as invested in the lore as possible. The other thing is that the cards kind of spoil the lore. So you might as well yeah. lead with a book sooner than later. In yeah, fact, I yeah. probably would have led with a book before the cards. I, 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 can, say, I can say truly that... 100%. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like the, the book is like... Give it away. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 was, I was like, I was like, okay, you sure you say I can't talk about it, can't spoil it, but you dropping all the spoilers. I'm, I can't tell you which one is which, but I said, but you done, you done gave a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, it's like there's so much in the cards that we're seeing already. I think it's pretty much uh, verified based on just anybody keeping up with the card rumors. Sonoro gets uh, clarified. Hey, we'll have to see. Like, or, yeah, maybe it misses. <laughs> like, like, like I said, I, I still want a Sonoro card where his legs get broken. I will keep harping on for that. And I, I, I swear, I, I know... I know Ridge gets on my nerves. Again, gets on, I get on Ridge nerves. Can I ask him all the time? When are we getting a Paul card? When, when, yeah, Paul. I, I say, when are we getting Paul? Like I, I don't want to. I don't. I want to hear anything else. When are we getting Paul? <laughs> I am surprised we haven't gotten Paul yet because Paul is such a shoe in for <laughs> the kind of character that you see in the graphic novel, and you're sure. He's gonna have a card. It's not gonna do much, but he's gonna be there. Like he could I, be like a uh, avenging guy and not be that important. But he was there. You know he's getting something in cardboard. Like I, I just want like it could be the worst card. Ever. It could it could literally say Paul Splash. This card does nothing, and it would be in my binder. I will have the hollow versions. It would come with an IR. I will have it. Cause I'm sorry. Pause that guy. I'm, you tell me anybody's like cool. All the destruction going on. You need, need a drink? <laughs> like I love him. I'm like he's so like you know what? This is hey. This is New York. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's the thing. I think Paul could actually be a good card. 
based yeah, on what we see so in the lore. He could be one of those get a clash back from the discard pile or from Oblivion. Because that's basically what he does in the story. He helps Moxie patch Weber up. Yeah, or he could be another yes, this is a shoehorn. Another ramp card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're still missing that. <laughs> another draw. Uh, uh, some more draws. Like, yeah. another four of him in my deck. Like, just, just don't make him a six cost. No, you know what? No. I actually be cool with that. Now, let Paul, I, this is what I say. Hey, play Paul, have it be a five cost. Draw three. Put one into your hand. One into your resource. Discard the other. Yeah. Hypothetically, if there were a Paul card, it were 1-1 one, one required two black resources and it said play the top of your card as a resource top card of your deck as a resource would you play it yes i would play that I, I, yeah, I, I, with, 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 without question even that's in blue that pretty much does that where like it lets you put an additional resource down i absolutely hate the fact that i don't have something like that because i love that card yeah, the thing is, anybody who's played with that card could tell you there are some problems with that because that Haven is actually minusing you uh, card advantage. So you need a lot of draw power in order to keep up and not gas out. That's why green-blue never really took off. It's because green-blue just cards itself to death. You can't That's draw. So if, if you've got something off the top of your deck to become a resource, that how much would you pay for that? Yeah, I would. I would be running for. I would be running for like without. I, I I would even question it. Like, I don't care because again, that that's my biggest issue with blue green. Yes, it can work once it gets going, but those first couple turns, it's the worst you can experience because you're just you, you can't draw, and that's why I feel like also, even though I love Mean Streak and the, the cool thing about oh, if a speed counter it dies, you draw a card, but. That's not the focus of the deck right now. Right now is getting the four cost mean streak and just piling speed counters on that. But then you're not really drawing. Right. Uh, I disagree. The Verticeptical version does a very decent draw game, just even with it, like its cheapest stuff. And I'm guessing it's running the the eight havens that all draw. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's uh, really? it is a blue-green variant that uses uh, just lots and lots of speed counters. One of its main ones is actually uh, Mean Streak 2. Uh, I forget what its uh, surname is, but essentially it's the one that puts two speed counters on something, and then Mean Streak, the contender, will just shift one over to something else. So essentially you've got two defeat draw ones. So just spam the board with defeat draw ones. Oh, I, actually, I like and that. Then put New York out, and then they're three ones with flying, so they can block flying things. And then get defeated and draw a card. I like that. Against that deck, that sounds. That 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 sounds that sounds. Sentinel's deck is metal. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, perfect. So, going into our last. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. Subject. I don't know if you're trying to go to another subject, but however. We got to talk about the fact that we're supposed to get more rewards for the Kickstarters tonight. Yeah, I, I, so I did see that. Yeah, and I've well, been. They they try to drain my bank account. I don't have it. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I have, and I'm going to again now. Been selling my magic cards. 
Uh, you know, I've been selling a lot of magic cards that I had in a binder just sitting around. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather invest in Alpha Clash right now because magic's doing me dirty, I feel. So I've been selling tons of magic cards to pay for everything Alpha Clash. And see, like, like I'm very, I'm a very, very big believer on separating the business from my personal. So a lot, a lot of this stuff is for me personally. And so it's like, so again, like anything I sell from the store it would never ever go towards to purchase this stuff. But I'm like, you're draining my bank account. But I, like, it's like every day, like, hey man, give us some more money. I'm like, I don't, I don't got it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> take out a loan. I don't want to take out a loan. You, you take out a loan. <laughs> yeah, right. Cause I was, I'm mad. I'm, I, I'm mad. I missed the black gold hats. Now that pissed. Now that that made me mad. Like now that like that broke my heart. Cause I. Oh wait, no, it's back. And then it was gone again. Oh no! Like I'm looking at it right now. The black and gold fitted is back. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, it, right it, now. It, it's up there oh, right it's now. There. Yes, it is there right now. Ah, I can't do this. Damn it. I bought it. Let's see. You felt the pull. I I, I bought it. Cause I, this is what I've been crying about the whole time. And I, I need it. Wow, that's nice. Well, they got the card binder. Did you did you either of you get the two uh the two player uh mat? I did. I did not. I'm not going to have a good place to store that. I gotcha. So I, I got, I, I, I think I got two of them. One, one for myself for videos. Another one that, you know, we'll put like towards like the, um, our tournaments as, you know, as prize support. So a lot, a lot of the extra stuff that I did get is literally going to go towards prize support. It's going to go to prize supports and giveaways to, um, for people because I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm that person. I do give. I like. I like giveaways. That's that's awesome. Like I really like giveaways. Like again, you know, throwing in more plugs. You know, we run the giveaway for which. Which actually, I'm beyond. I'm gonna say it here on a live podcast. It was a fucking typo for the two Lorcana boxes when we hit a thousand on TikTok. Uh huh. Like that was a typo. It will be one. Wait, wait, wait. So you weren't supposed to give two Lorcanas? I was supposed to give away one. When we hit a oh. when we hit a thousand followers on TikTok and YouTube, we're gonna give away one Lorcana Boucher box to one person. Somehow, when I typed it in, it said two, and before I even noticed it said two, people were like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" I'm like, "I can't renege now, so I'll keep oh. it." But I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Proofreading. So, I, I, I I didn't proof. I did not proofread, and I'm like, you know what? It's out there because again, when we got the Lorcana stuff. Cause we got heavily allocated. I kept a couple stuff to sell, a couple stuff to open up for the build decks for videos and then stuff to keep for giveaways. Cause a lot of people are not finding this stuff and mm. I want to be able to give things away. I, like I said, I, you know, I know you got the, the half decks actually did, did they arrive? I did. I got them. Yes. I was going to tell you. Perfect. And, and you know, that that's what I wanted to do. Cause there's so many people out there. They're looking to make, uh, easy profit off of this. But I'm like, I want people to actually play the game. It's the same thing I did with Alpha Clash. Like, I want you to play the game. You're having trouble kicking up. I will send you stuff. I will send you half decks. I will. So you know, way you're not playing with just the Clash decks. 
I will send that so that way people can play. I, I care more about players coming to play than making a profit off of something that I'm already making a profit off. I would just sell that normal MSRP. Right. I know some people say, oh, but you got overhead. You got overhead. And I don't never try, you know, to my own horn or share a lot of my business, but the building that's being repaired, I got that from my cousin for free. I had to pay the property tax on it. I got you. You know, my dad's contractor, so he's helping rebuild it. So a lot of the stuff that I have to run the business, it's stuff that I just inherited from my family. So I don't have a lot of overhead costs. So I don't mind selling stuff at MSRP because I don't, I'm not looking to rip people off. I want people to actually come back and play the game. That's what I care more about is a loyal customer or that one customer looking to, to score a deal. Right, of course. Yeah, unfortunately, the thing is, it's just at this point, there's so many people that are just trying to make money off of it. Like people have caught on to what TCGs are and people mm -hmm. are just throwing money and then reselling. It, yeah, because I, I don't know if you heard, I think it might have been just an Ohio thing, but one of our Amazon facility people, they got caught with basically still in packages uh, of Pokemon of Lorcana. And, you know, of course they, they are, they are did the Xbox and PS five for some reason when Amazon ships your Xbox or PS five, they don't put it into another box. They just give you the PS five box with nothing on it. Well, that's crazy. And so they were caught with stealing. I think what they say is like $50,000 worth of product. That they're just stealing and then we're selling. That's crazy. Like it, it, it's sick. And I feel like that's the perfect segue to our last topic of the night, toxic fandom and how it can just warp people and just any, like, and especially we'll talk about card games, how it can just warp people's perception of a card game. And I, I feel like Lorcana right now is moving towards that toxic level where it's very hard to separate people who just want to play the game or people who are just looking to scout or people who are just looking to just be trolls about it. Like some of the comments I see in the Lorcana Facebook group are, are just downright terrible. Like they'd be like, people like, Hey, my, my kids, you know, they like Disney. I just want to find a star deck or two so they can play. And you have people, oh, you cry, baby, grown man. You sad. Play. Like, this, this, it's like, why? Yeah. Unfortunately, there is a lot of hate there. But I, I think it's mostly because of the IP in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if it wasn't Disney, then maybe, it, like, if, you know, Alpha Clash, I don't feel like has tons of haters right now. Uh, but it'll come. It'll come. It always does. Yeah. And I think depending on how they react to it and how they handle it, we'll decide on how it works out. I think so far they've been pretty good about always just being really face forward with whatever happens. And I think as long as they keep doing that, I think they'll be fine. I, I could say, speaking of Alva Clash, that um, the situation that, that have arrived, it has been handled in a very mature way. Um, to speak, I'm not going to name any names, but there were some, there's somebody that we all know in the Alcash community who's been buying product and I didn't know the name and they got, they got us. 
for $6,000 in a chargeback. Oh, wow. Wow. Six, See, that's rough. That's rough. $6,000 chargeback. And our our account that we do everything with is completely locked until that, that gets resolved. Yeah, see, that's rough. Now that, that, but once again, that's that kind of stuff. Like, it, you can't, you can't do anything against scalpers right now. Mm-hmm. There's no system that's going to stop that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it happens in everything: the movie tickets, uh, tickets to shows, video games. Like, it happens in every. There's always going to be somebody that's just trying to make a buck, and there's really no protection against that. And it sucks for the players in the end game. Uh, it, it's not gonna suck for Rising Empire, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even look at Magic. Uh, the, I know tons, tons, and tons of people that just throw money at it, and it's all for profit. Um, and Magic doesn't care because Magic's still making money. It, it doesn't matter to Magic. Magic can do whatever they want, um, as long as the product is selling. So. I think that it's it's gonna just be something they're gonna have to face when it happens. I, I feel it's no way to get away from it. I feel like Rising Empire. I think I think it might have been it might have been you, Drake, who who made a comment, and it, it was someone who made a comment about promos and how they can tear apart a community. About when you create a promo that is very very good, you only can get at one place. And it's you know a four of an era every deck, and I, you know I'm saying that hey, we're, we will never print a promo that you can't get in the set, and I, I feel like that also can help curve just that toxicity where it's like hey, you need for this card to play, but it's going to retail for 125 dollars a piece. Yeah, that, I don't like when that happens. Yeah, I, I the dark arm dragon effect. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't like when that stuff happens. I, I, you know, and you know, it's kind of going back to that other conversation we had about Coggin. Like, I feel like you can see how they want to handle, even if something starts to feel like it's out of control, they're gonna address it directly, and they're gonna bring out cards that's gonna address that issue directly. So that it's not as OP as it can be. And then that way the cart doesn't, you know, doesn't go crazy in price because it, it does it becomes the thing where like, yeah, it's a good ability, but just know there's also, you know, four or five other cards that can stop that and it would make this card literally worthless to you. Which which again, I, I, I agree with that approach because again, it just it it, it keeps down that the things I say is um I, I feel like it, it keeps everything at a at a fair price point for everyone. Yeah. And I and I feel like that is the key to kind of eliminating that need of oh mine's is better because I, I paid more money. Or mine's better because I went to every single event and I got this. You can't play this in my deck, so I'm going to always win. Which, yeah, which just it's that that bit that baseline of that toxicity. Like, hey, this card came out is a promo at Pax, like you know, Pax EX, and 
you don't have it. I do. So I'm going to go ahead and sell them for $125 a piece because you need four of them. So I went to the booth 25 times and I got them all. It, I feel like it's like, cool. If you want this, you know, this Lin 98 Warrior with the pack symbol on it, you can have it, but you also don't need to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I do like it. I think they're doing pretty good with the promos that they have coming out. I think they, they've been doing pretty fine. Uh, the, the only one that I hate, and the only reason I hate it is because I missed it, was the Team Covenant Torques. Uh, those are super expensive, and I cannot get them unless you pay a ton of money. So what's the what's the price what's the price point on those right now? Cause I I know I sold. I don't want to know. I've seen four hundred for four. So four hundred for four. Yeah, that's what that's, did I just say? What? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I see. I'm. A, I'm. A, I, I think I shot myself in the foot. Cause I think I sold R for twenty five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me. I'll check right now. Email. Yeah, that's tour that. guide prices. Like sh- Jesus. Let's see. Let's see right now. What are you checking eBay? Yeah, I'm gonna check eBay right now if there's any listed. All right. So right now, uh, it looks like it's the only one listed. So okay, so we got one. Four ninety nine ninety nine or best offer, and it yeah, comes I, with authenticity guaranteed. Yeah, I think there's a way to check uh, like past sales, but I don't know that off the top of my head. I think that would be more reliable because that could just be the same guy throwing it up there for five hundred. You guys can keep talking. I'm just trying yeah, to... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm... So, any listeners right now, we're all are super sidetracked. We are looking at eBay for all prices. <laughs> uh, this is kind of see. Cause I know somebody made a comment today about um, the health of the game and how it's definitely moving in the right direction on eBay and different... Um, yeah, I saw somebody posted that. Okay, here here's one I think is ridiculous. Somebody has 32... Tournament entry promos for ninety dollars. Wow. Uh yeah. Who would get that? Wow. Like I'm not I'm not saying they're not bad, but it's like or you can just head over to Route 10 CCG, that's my plug, to pick up pick up the cards for think I we have like five bucks. I'm gonna spend ninety. Now I yeah, that's now I, I will say this one foil that I said they need to bring back and bring it back immediately. If you guys got any of the Kickstarter blue cards, they have like a purple purplish blue foiling oh, you tool. Talk about the and the and the plasmax. Yes. Yeah, I have those. Yeah, those that like... that needs to come back, and I'm yeah, starting. Foils, they were nice. Well, those are nice, and the gold, like the um, incoming support gold. I want that foiling. Like, yeah. I, I want that foiling really, really bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's somebody, you know, the prices on eBay are kind of all over, and I do see why people say they do want um, TCG player could kind of help regulate the prices 100%. over over looking on eBay because again, like it's a lot of cards on here that. Um, 
some people are selling the Alpha Clash competitor cards for forty bucks a piece. Uh, you have uh, Kagan going for forty. Yeah. So you know, price prices are kind of all over the place. Um, but again, I don't really feel like it's at that level where it, it's toxic. Not yet, not yet. And I think now with the second set coming out, we're also going to see the market change. You're going to see cards like Coggin go down because there's now cards that go up against it. So we'll see a we'll see a switch again. I think if I'm being honest, I think by third set TCG will put them out. Yeah, because so I I will go ahead and drop this onto the. And onto the podcast because it's not necessarily like a secret, but I, you know, been, everyone's been constantly contacting TCG player about going on there. So, with me being a seller on there, I reached out to someone who I'm not going to mention, but they did inform me that they're already in the process of finalizing things with the publisher to add Alpha Clash to TCG players. Yeah. Oh, nice. There, there is no yeah. time. There's no time frame, but they are in. They're, they're, they're getting towards the end of getting on there. Yeah, that'll be. Nice. Oh man, yeah. I think we're still gonna see some like high price tags when we start getting onto there. I think Kagan's gonna like start at like a lot of forty fives, but that's when things start like lowering down. It's all about seeing what the market's gonna take. Some idiot's gonna buy Kagan for forty-five. I, I and I hope it's worth it to them, but it's they're not gonna sell too many that way. No, they're they're and not. And when they start getting a lot, that's when the prices go down. So even if the, like the prices get you sticker shocked a bit, just wait a bit. Those prices, just judging from what I've seen in Magic, those prices fluctuate a lot, especially because it's such a volatile time in the game right now with it being so young and with four sets coming out and with all the promos coming out. It's like, who knows what the promos for the Kagans in the Progenitor tier did to the value of that card. 100%. Yep. It may have, in fact, made it worse. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that that's true. And I said, uh, kind of like, like the Kagan um, VIP promos, they actually went down. I mean, I mean, oh, they, they, the ones where he's like uh, posed differently. Yeah, and, I, and and me personally, that's the art I prefer. Like I, like I said, I have a couple of copies. Promos, man. People, oh like, yeah, like, like how much people like these color leak promos. Yes, <laughs> but I said I, I, I really hope that by Christmas. Oh nope, I lied. Someone has the VIP promo. For seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that they're not selling that card. Zero bids. Like that, that's going to yeah. stay there. Yeah. Like, yeah, which is why eBay isn't a great metric for it's like what that's the metric for what people are trying to get away with, not what cards have actually gone for. It, it, so it, there, exactly. there is a metric way to do that, but I just don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. And that's what I said. I I really hope that everything goes through perfectly on TCG player. I'm I'm personally gonna have an issue with it because I'm gonna have to go and upload everything to two separate sites. So that part I'm I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm not gonna be happy because I don't the biggest thing I hate more than anything in the whole wide world, I hate uploading. I do. I, I'll admit it. I hate uploading. I love opening up um 
boxes for inventory, but I hate uploading the cards. Yeah. And and nothing makes me more mad because I'm, I'm a person that I, I've always worked with urgency. So if I'm uploading cards, if I purchase something, I'll stop to package that package. I gotcha. Which, nope. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much all thing I had for this one. Any closing statements from anybody? No, we're we're good. Uh, I'm just excited to see uh, if anything else gets added to the add-ons. But, yeah. All right. So I do want to um, let you guys know how last week um, did perform. Last week on YouTube, I believe we were at, I want to say, 110 views on there. Um, six downloads on podcast um 16 on rss and then i want to say 124 listens on soundcloud for the and first right now we're at a uh, 1.4k likes on tiktok see look at that so again like so we'll be bringing these videos to you again every week um and yeah we'll, we'll sometimes have different you know members in here or even special guests uh, what I definitely want to try to do is get one of the Alphacat class creators into the podcast. I think that'd be very great, but I know their time is very, very stressed in with the, you know, set two coming up. But again, uh, to follow us on social media, the playback will be available on your podcasting preference listening. And also if you want to watch it on YouTube, it'll be there and also on TikTok. So again, this has been the Rogue Project. Oh, uh, wow. Jesus Christ. Drake, what's our name? Rogue Contenders. <laughs> we, are the, we are the Rogue Contenders. And we are out. All right, see ya. All right, everybody.